0: This talk is brought to you by the Thomistic Institute. For more talks like this, visit us at ThomisticInstitute.org. The talk tonight is on Aquinas and John Paul II on human action. Here's an interesting quote I got from um, Etienne Gilson, and he's actually, he's working from St. Thomas here. Uh, he's taking it out of De Veritate. He says, the closer a nature is to God, the less does he determine it. Um, the more is it capable of determining itself. Of course, he's talking about the human being here. He's talking about man, uh, the, the human person. And for St. Thomas, uh Man is in Latin, dominus sui, okay, which means master of himself. Uh, He's also another kind of funny phrase, he's causa sui, okay, which means cause of himself or his own cause. Uh, It doesn't mean that he's self-creating, okay, that he creates himself, but that's the origin uh, of his actions. So when we we act, uh, we're the originator, uh, the action, originates with me, um, I, I begin it. I'm the cause of that, that act taking place. Now, in the in the philosophy of Karl Wojtyla, which was John Paul's name uh, before he was elected Pope, um, he talks about this in, in a different way. He has uh, different um, terminology. Um, when he talks about self-determination, okay, our, our free voluntary movement, uh, let's say, he talks about uh, the human being, uh, the human person having a, a structure or a fundamental structure which coordinates this in some self. Uh, that we have a, a structure of self-governance. Okay, so we're 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 the governors uh, in this personal state, you know, uh, personal realm, uh, which is ourselves. We, we're the governors. Uh, we rule in a sense. Uh, but we're also ruled by ourselves, you know, so it's a two way thing. We we govern, but we're also governed uh, in that state. My hand is governed by my mind, my, my, my will, uh, 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 etc. And he also talks about, allied um, I- to this, the idea of self-possession. Um, that in some way, uh, as a person, um, I-, I belong to myself. Um, I I have this experience of self-belonging, which means my words, um, my actions, even my thoughts, uh, are are, are, are some way my possession. Um, And because I I own them, um, I can give them, okay? I can give myself, uh, but I I can, you know, I I can, how should I say, communicate them. Uh, So I, I possess myself. Uh, and that is also a, a structure of my freedom. Uh, so I act with self-possession, with self-ownership, um, with a kind of a self-dominion there uh, as well. Okay, and because I self-possess, I can self-give. Okay, that's uh, that's that's one of uh, Carl Whitey was later uh, uh, parts of his thinking. Along with this, when we're on, on a different level, um, we can also speak of the person as having skills or habits or, 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 or traits of character, okay, different from self governance and, and different from self possession and different from self determination, different from, you know, the more fundamental uh, thing of, of, of freedom. It, it enables us to, to act well, bene uh, uh, in the, agere in the Latin, okay, if it's, if it's a good habit. Uh, if it's a good trait of character. I'll come back to that uh, towards the end uh, of the lecture, but for the moment I'm gonna stick on, on, on uh, self-determining a- 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 actions. So this is what John Paul um, said about human action in uh, his great encyclical, Veritatis Splendor. He says, human acts uh, do not produce a change merely in the state of affairs outside of man but to the extent that they are deliberate choices they give moral definition to the very person who performs them uh, determining his profound uh, spiritual traits. So uh, this is a, a recurring theme in the thinking of Karl Wojtyla and later John Paul II, in that he he thinks that our actions are are self-reflexive, okay, in in that they they turn back on the subject. Uh, So I may work for human rights in the external sphere in in politics, but it it, it makes me a just person, okay, because I'm trying to protect fundamental rights of of, other people. So working for a value outside of myself, it also, you know, it kind of boomerangs back uh, on me. If I tell lies, I become a liar, you know, the, the, those ways. So that's something that, that um, uh, John Paul, you know, repeats uh, in, in his teaching, that actions are self-reflexive. Uh, they come back to the actor, uh, they affect us, and they, they form us, they, they form our character, they, they, they form our personality as well. So that's why action is it's not something just neutral, Uh, or neutralized, uh, it has a a spiritual and psychological effect uh, on on who we are. So um, to talk about voluntary action, uh, this is a a particular kind of action in in Aquinas and and in Aristotle as well. Um, In the Summa of, of theology, he talks about the word voluntary is applied to that of which we are masters, okay? So again, domino sui uh, uh, coming in, uh, that we can choose to act or, or, or not to act. We can choose to will or, 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 or not to will. Uh, characteristic of the voluntary action is that it, it, it comes from a principle within the agent, okay? I press the button, I send the text. Again, I'm I'm at the origin of that action. I'm I'm the principle of it, comes with me. Um, Also um, characteristic of a voluntary action is that it's directed towards an end, okay? Phoenix in Latin, uh, which is consciously known. Uh, So it's it's a human action. I'm acting for some rational purpose. I'm targeting something uh, that I know um, and I'm acting hopefully reasonably uh, in in, in that action. So it's towards something uh, and it's conscious and it's deliberate in that as well. Uh, The seat or where we find, where where we locate uh, voluntariness uh, is in the rational appetite, okay, the rational, the spiritual appetite, you could say, uh, which is traditionally known uh, as the will or voluntas uh, in, in Latin. There was a, a Dominican um, Archbishop, uh, Finbar Ryan, he used to say to his priests, and I thought it was quite a good one, he'd say, uh, his phrase was, live deliberately. Okay, so, so, so live in, in, in a conscious, uh, deliberate way. Uh, be very conscious of what you're doing. Uh, be 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 purposeful uh, in, in how you live and how you you carry out your life. And uh, I think that's uh, that's good advice. So that's in kind of a nutshell uh, some of the characteristics of, of voluntariness or, or uh, voluntary action. Now it differs um, from um, I suppose emotions. Uh, or a a different kind of movement you could say uh, that's also found in in, in the human being Uh, and i'm I'm quoting from the summa again here Um, the movements of the soul uh, which the greeks called pathay are styled by some of our writers cicero for example for instance disturbances um, by some affections or emotions, while others rendering the Greek more accurately call them passions. So I quite like that quote from the, the Summa because Thomas is taking different uh, philosophical stance towards emotions or, 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 or passions and different ways of, of describing them uh, as well. Now, unlike voluntary movement, uh, this is a movement of the the sense appetite or the sensitive appetite, um, I suppose, which is close to our senses, um, our, our sensory perception uh, of the world, uh, where our, our emotions too are, are located and you know activated uh, by what our, our senses perceive. How we pick up the world. You know, when I see apple, when I see when I when I uh, when I smell apple tart. You know. Uh, when, when, I, when I taste coffee, uh, all these different reactions uh, ha, ha, happen in, 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 in person. Um, Carl Voitiba would talk about this as a psyche. Okay, it's not exactly the same as the sensitive appetite uh, in, 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 in Aquinas, but it's close, you know, it's where, it's that psychology of uh, us, uh, that that place where where different movements are taking place, uh, different reactions, uh, where we're, we're more acted on in the sense of passio, to be passive, uh, where outside stimuli are, are, are moving us. If we're watching a film, uh, we ooh and we ah, you know, where our emotions move in different times, but it's it's the stimulus uh, of the film and the screen uh, that, that's causing that movement with us. You know, when we're driving, maybe someone crosses us uh, in, in a car and we, 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 we we're terrified, but it's it, again, it's something active outside of us external to us that's that's moving us in that way um the cause um of the movement of the psyche or or the sense appetite is is a sensory perception of some good or or evil okay it's like when the when the zebra uh perceives the lion or or the tiger perhaps Um, or, or the, the sheep sees the wolf, okay? It's, it's a sensory perception. And in us as human beings on that level, on the level of our sense appetite, which is not our rational appetite, not for will, not our, our spiritual powers, we're also you know, picking up, we're also receiving uh, on that level as well. And we perceive things, we perceive threats uh, to our existence, maybe to our, our goods, uh, to our property uh, whatever. Uh, and, and we, 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 perceive it through the senses, first of all, and the appetite or the sense appetite picks this up. Okay. And it, it reacts to it. Um, so that's where emotions come from. Uh, they're, they're not a principle that we're causing. Uh, they, they, they tend to happen in us. That's, that's Voitiwa's, uh, language that emotions or, or sentiments, they happen in us. Okay. They occur in us. uh, uh, they, they they well up in us in some way. Uh, one of the, the side effects uh, of emotion or, or passion, I'm, I'm switching between words here at, at the moment, is that there's a modification of the body. Okay, we can break into a cold sweat. Uh, we can have a, an eerie feeling uh, in the pit of our stomach if we're anxious about something. We can blush if we're embarrassed by something else uh, There can be a tensing of the face, the eyes, uh, uh, the face muscles. Uh, here's some trivia. We we, we need 66 uh, face mu- muscles to frown and only 17 to laugh. It's not interesting how, we, how, how so much is going on even in a physiological sense uh, w- with our emotions. So there's always a modification of the body as well from this perception, uh, which is a movement, okay? Uh, and for the, For for Cicero, the Stoics, it's a disturbance, okay? So your inner tranquility in some way uh, changed, okay? Uh, The other thing that St. Thomas says about um, our our emotions or our passions uh, is that uh, we exercise here what he calls a a politic uh, sovereignty, okay? We're we're, we're not despots. Uh, We're not uh, tyrants uh, over our emotions um like i may be able to move my hand very freely and quickly it does what i i ask it to do very quickly okay by an act of will. but in terms of my emotions you know if i'm if i'm feeling angry um it, it could simmer for a while <laughs> you know it, it can be resistant to my to my reason you know why are you angry uh if i'm attracted to someone if i begin to you know feel the emotion of love you know uh it it, it may be going on at some unconscious level that are not completely uh, in in control of, okay? So um, Thomas wisely says here that uh, when we come to exercise uh, controlling emotions or negotiating them, that we're we're more political here. Uh, It's more like a politician uh, trying to please or uh, trying to harness the goodwill of his electorate, okay? In, In that sense, so there, because the, the emotions or the passions uh, have something of their own, um, and maybe you've experienced that yourselves in, in your own lives. You know, something sometimes like the the emotions or the passions some of their some the own world. <laughs> you know, there's something going on at times that uh, it's not not caused by us, uh, uh, you know, specifically. What uh, is if you even if you're grieving for someone, you know, uh, in grief you may go through different stages where. You may be fine one day uh, and the next day you're in so much pain uh, without you doing and, and unconscious Okay. okay. So, um, so the emotions have something of their own. Okay. And probably fits into more modern psychology enough to repress emotions or uh, just to be aware that they, they have their kind of liberty there uh, and we have to have a certain respect for what's happening uh, as well. And sometimes we may need to be kind of firm uh, as well. Okay, so the, the main point of that slide is show that that the passionate drives, uh, the different words, emotions, passions, affections, disturbances are, are different to voluntary action. Okay, they're a different kind of uh, uh, psychology, you could say, and that's mostly St. Thomas. Now, John Paul II, um, he's very interested in, in, in the psychology of emotions as well. Uh, he says that the world of human emotions is very rich and diversified, a little like the colors of the palette. He means the artist palette. Okay, the principal emotions or passions are sadness, uh, joy, anger, uh, tenderness, love and hate. Okay, the, the principal ones that we can, can, can distinguish. For him, uh, and this is his pre kind of papal teaching, he he said that that these movements, these passionate uh, uh, drives, they they exist in a great quantity of tones, uh, individual tinctures, they mix, they overlap, they co-penetrate, they sustain each other, uh, they sometimes complete each other, and sometimes they're in conflict. Okay, two different emotions who mix in there, they're fighting each other like you know, like two two leopards, you know, in, in, in a sense. Um, he also notes that um, that psychologists distinguish between lower and higher sentiments. Okay, again, emotions. Uh, uh, a lower one would be maybe the football hooliganism, uh, for an example, someone you know throwing rocks at, at, at rival supporters. Higher sentiments. You're at the opera, you're moved by something fantastic in the opera, or you're moved by the bravery of someone in, in the real world, uh, someone who's really been noble, someone who's really excelled himself or, or, or herself. Um, also the the emotions, they, 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 they're diverse in their profundity or their depth. You know, there are different uh, kinds of depths of, of, of emotion. Some are peripheral, uh, like, you know, a kind of a vague feeling of emptiness. I might feel on the train at times, you know, or on the tube. Uh, uh, and then there's ones that are central, you know, some that are pivotal uh, to our life, uh, you know, the, the love of, of a spouse or uh, the love of one's children, you know, uh, for example. So they so there's great diversity uh, uh, in the emotional palette uh, 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 of the human being. And, you know, Karol Wojtyla is good at that. He's good at kind of getting the, 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 the sense of things, uh, of, of the different theatrical kind of um, um, uh, color that's, that's there in, 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 in our experience of life. Uh, he has different words as well that we don't really have in, in St. Thomas. Uh, he calls them sensations, sentiments, impressions, perceptions, intuition, presentiment. We can even have an artistic sense or our, our moral sense. Okay, so, um, so there's a there's a great range of, 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 of different experiences. It probably comes from, you know, Wojtyla's, you know poetic uh, uh, sensibility. Uh, Novak uh, has this quote about him, which I think is, is quite accurate. He says one key to understanding Karl Voitewa, I think, is that he is first of all a poet and dramatist. His sensibility is that of an artist. So he tends to be quite descriptive, uh, and it's interesting when he's writing like person and act. He's just, you know, giving a very descriptive uh, uh, overlay o- o- of the ground that he is giving, without really, you know, deepening his his thought. And a few pages later, he-, he will he will go into, you know, some added reflection on 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 how emotions are, or how that part of our psyche uh, works. These are all part of the psyche for for. Um, for which uh, all well, part of what he calls emotivity. Okay, new word, but it's you know our emotional life uh, uh, as such. So we're still kind of more or less on the on the descriptive uh, part. I just like to move now onto something more, I suppose, um, reflective on 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 emotions themselves. And this is from St Thomas. Um, which is something I've been trying to understand myself for, for quite a while, but I, I only discovered it recently. He says that in ourselves, the intellectual appetite, okay, that's the will, okay, the rational appetite, or the will, as it called, moves through the medium of the, the sensitive appetite, mediante appetitio sensitivo, okay? Hence, in us, the sensitive appetite is the proximate motor force of our bodies. Now, the reason that I found that interesting, because the way I think, I would always say, you know, that my will bypasses my, my psychology uh, and it just moves my, my hand or it, it moves me around the place. OK, it's kind of imperative. It's it, it, it's, it, it, it does like that. But for St. Thomas, no, um, he has this uh, greater understanding of, of the whole uh, of the whole person that even my will in, in some way uh, negotiates or, or, or navigates me through the sensitive appetite. Okay? That I I sometimes have to have an appetite on the emotional level, on the level of my senses for, for what I'm going to do, you know, even to drink coffee. Um I'm trying to think of an example. I think like the very good, uh, the great tennis players are, are, are a good example of this, you know? I mean, I, I won't win... Uh, wimbledon simply by willing it okay I mean, it'll take years of practice but on the day in a in a, in a wimbledon final you know between fedra and maybe jonkovich uh you know it would mean the will but also that whole focus uh, of my emotions my my concentration everything i do every stroke uh it'll be my will moving my body through the medium of my sensitive appetite Okay, so I have the right emotional control. I have the right, um, you know, uh, psychological frame uh, which I, I, I'm playing this fine or playing this sport. And, you know, that that passes on to other activities as well. You know, even to climb a hill, I have to psych myself. You know, if you have to play other kinds of sport, I need to psych myself up in, in, in some way. So I'm using, employing uh, the, the sensitive appetite, okay? And, you know, perhaps I, I, I wonder if, if someone experiences emotional burnout um, can you know uh, will there be something missing there you know will they be able to climb that hill do things they always like to do and I, I think probably not you know I think there's there's something missing there if if, some, if somehow the emotions are, 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 are damaged and I think people experience that uh, as well so just a bit of the psychology uh, of St. Thomas and we'll move on Here's another one uh, that, that is how, how, how we have this, um, how, how, how passions affect us, okay? Um, and Thomas says in the Summa again, he says, according as man is affected by a passion, uh, something seems fitting to him which does not seem so when he is not so affected. Thus, that seems good to a man when angered which does not seem good when he is calm. Okay, the interesting thing here is that our emotions, when they get stirred up, uh, they can affect how we think, Um, especially if I'm angry. If I'm angry, I I, I want to teach someone a lesson. Anger is not blasé, it's not banal. It's it's always directed towards, you know, that person needs to know (laughs) uh, how wrong he is or, or how wrong she is, uh, this sense. So it it changes our way of thinking, okay? Maybe you've experienced this yourself. When someone really checks you at work or corrects you or or, or publicly demonstrates or maybe embarrasses you, uh, how, if you get angry, uh, your whole way of thinking, your whole rationality begins to change, maybe just periodically. uh, But you see lots of reasons why, You need to have this conversation with someone. Why they need to know this? uh, Why they're wrong? And with other emotions as well. Okay. So um, how we think, uh, our our, our cerebral functioning, uh, how our how we reason, um, can change when we're under the influence of an emotion. And when we calm down, um, all those reasons, all those arguments we can build up in our head, uh, they can you know, disappear, they can evaporate, and uh, they're they're of no cost to us, or they're not important after that, okay, so that's, again, some of the the psychology uh, of St. Thomas. Here's something from Vaitiwa, which I found interesting in person and act, which is the great philosophical work uh, of of Vaitiwa. Sentiments, and I mean emotions here, uh, happen in man, okay, that idea that they occur. this emotional happening is passing, but it shows also a particular tendency to root itself in the subjective I. So generally for for Waitiwa, and I would say also for St. Thomas, um, emotions flit and go. They happen over maybe a short time period or maybe something a bit longer, but, they, but we, we pass in and out of them like a swinging door in a sense, okay? Um, but at times, um, uh, according to Vojtiwa, uh, they can become more sticky, okay? They can, they can ferment a bit, they can uh, they can harden uh, in our psyche. And this is what he says. He says, uh, the influence of, of sentiments on the will is such that this latter does not create so much a determined or a specific attitude of man, but rather takes it from the emotion. Uh, we call this attitude an, an emotional attitude. Okay, so it's different to what St. Thomas was, was speaking about in, in, in the last slide, okay? Um, it's how people can pick up, a, a, I suppose, a, a characteristic way of acting uh, that comes with some attitude. Um, um, I'm, I'm thinking the, the 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 image that came to me was 1968 and seeing the students in Paris at the barricades you know uh, a lot of attitude you know uh, at that time you can see it on the faces uh, perhaps also in teenage rebellion or people in older age have become very cynical okay it begins with an emotion um, that may be passing maybe may uh, but at times uh, um, those emo- that emotional way of influencing our, our whole character, our, our, our attitude, um, uh, begins to endure uh, at a longer period, for a longer period. Uh, and Vitier points, calls this an emotional attitude. I'm sure you can you can multiply uh, a, a, a examples of that um, when when you're, you you know you become maybe even a certain type, okay. Uh, a cynic, or um, maybe a joker, or whatever it is, you know. Uh, but it, it's how the emotion is 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 um, affecting you uh, and your, your your actions as well. Your, your freely chosen actions. Uh, where? What's the origin of them? Where are they coming from? And uh, why are you acting this way? Because I was angry. Because I have a chip on my shoulder. You know. Because I'm I'm a rebel without a cause. You know. Perhaps you know. So we do see that. We do encounter something like that. In, in, in our lives as well. So just an insight from Poitiewe there. Now, I'm gonna... So um, just want to move on um, to the morality of the passions. I know Thomas who are listening will be well familiar with this, but uh, just for those who are not familiar, for the Stoics, um, uh, like Cicero, um, Stoics of antiquity, uh, the, the passions are, are diseases, are, uh, disturbances of the soul, okay, they're to be avoided. Uh, they're negative. Uh, you know, you have to get back your, your inner, inner tranquility. Okay, so they're they're morally bad, really, and uh, to be avoided. The Peripatetics, uh, coming from the school of Aristotle, Greek school, um, that the emotions could be good, uh, if moderated by reason, but they were evil. Uh, If they move beyond reason's moderation. Okay, so there were two ways in which the emotion could develop or or be perceived uh, morally. Um, And and that's you know, that's the that's the idea that Thomas takes up. Okay, that in general the emotions are 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 neutral um, in themselves as movements of sense appetite in general. Uh, they're morally neutral, but it's depending how we how we negotiate, how we navigate them, how we integrate them into the the, the movements of our of our will and our reason. Okay, how how they're how they're integrated into uh, spiritual action or, or reason, reasons action, uh, you could say. That's how they get their morality. They become uh, uh, good if if it's, if it's a morally good act, for example. Uh, and bad if, it, if, it's, if it's a morally evil act in, in, in its context. Uh, Augustine says it in a quite pithy way. He says they are evil. if our love is evil, uh, good if our love is good. okay. So if I have um, an emotional stirring for my wife, it's good, you know. Um, uh, love for her, amorous you know, etc. But if that's for someone else's wife, <laughs> okay, <laughs> the object here, uh, my love here, is, is evil, okay? So it's it, two different persons, maybe the same intensity of emotion, but uh, in one context it's, it's wrong, uh, evil, and the other context is right, it's, it, it, it's appropriate. It's, it's, it's that simple in, in, in that sense, okay? So the morality of emotions. Um, and just to go a little bit more into that, um, it matters a lot um, how they're integrated uh into the judgment of our reason uh into the the rational part of our being okay which has reason and has will okay here's what saint thomas says okay um so the timing is very important okay when a pa- passion forestalls or goes before uh the judgment of reason so as to prevail on the mind to give its consent it hinders counsel and the judgment of reason. So sometimes uh, um, the 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 the, re, the, the passion uh, can be a hindrance or a block uh, to making a, a, a reasonable judgment uh, about a situation, or making a good, clear judgment uh, uh, about uh, uh, a situation. If I someone bumps into me in a bar and I hit them, you know, I, I haven't thought about that, uh, but it's a kind of it's made me angry, um, and I, I do something, or, you know, road rage, you may, road rage should be an example where people do, you know, crazy things under, under the force of the anger, and a uh, uh, loss of the judgment of reason there, uh, to some extent, uh, as well. So, when a good, when the passion is before, uh, it's before we get a time to think about it, uh, to decide, to be clear on what we're doing, um, uh, then it can be a hindrance, and yeah, it can affect that, that action in, in, in a very definite way. But also, um, it can also follow that judgment uh, as being through, as, as through being commanded by reason. It helps towards the execution of, of, of reason's command. Okay, so you've had some time to think about it. Um, um You've decided um, that you're you're going to give it your best. You're um, you're 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 going to play for your country, or or or, or pray for you know, play for Trinity against UCD or something like that. You know. Um, uh, but you know you've made a judgment. Um, you're in a situation where you you've got to imply some kind of passion. Uh, you've got to have some conviction, uh, or you can't give a limp performance. Um, So it's commanded by reason. This is what you want to do. You have to cultivate the emotion uh, and it helps towards the the reasonable behavior towards the execution of it. It just helps in in, in the performance of of, of the action. Now I want to develop that just a little bit further as St. Thomas does in the Summa. Um, um, how, How how emotions or passions can affect, uh, how they can, I suppose, increase the the moral quality of an act, sometimes decrease its quality as well. Um, Here's just one quote from St. Thomas, the passions of the soul, insofar as they are contrary to the order of reason, incline us to sin. Okay, that's kind of what I was saying uh, just about the, 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 the last slide, when we do something kind of impetuous under the influence of a passion, we don't think it it precedes our judgment. Uh, It's antecedent, an antecedent passion we call it. Uh, But insofar as they're controlled by reason, okay, there's Aristotle coming in, uh, they pertain to virtue, okay? Virtuous act, uh, 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 good action, uh, you know, good habits uh, uh, as well. Now, here's something, I say this because maybe I suppose students wouldn't be wouldn't be too familiar with uh, this, but uh, I'll give you two examples of how emotions, or passions, can actually make our actions better. <laughs> okay, they can they they increase the goodness of an act, and uh, this is how Saint Thomas explains it in terms of their, their correlation or their relationship with the will, with our with our chosen, uh, with our deliberate action. Okay, Just, first of all, by by overflow. Okay. Uh, so there's an overflow from the wills act. Okay, When the higher part of the soul is intensely moved towards something, okay, like a human rights or something, its motion follows in the lower part. And thus the passion, which is stirred here, that consequently exists in the sensitive appetite where it belongs, is a sign of the intensity of the will and thus points to greater moral goodness. Okay, so it, it's, it's something that recurs in, in St. Thomas, this idea of an overflow that different regions of our being uh, affect other regions of our being. So our, our spiritual, our, our, our rational life affects our sensitive appetite. You know, So when I get really convicted by something, uh, when I really want to work well or play well or do something with my utmost, um, and and I choose that. Uh, I I I I will that. Uh, it can actually move my my own sensitive appetite. It can stir my emotions. Uh, I can do it through pride. I mean, I might even be going to, to war. Perhaps that's not a good example, but you know. But even patriotic pride. Maybe maybe you know. If if I go to the Grammys, for example, if I'm if I'm a musician, it was an Irish girl in the Grammys recently. You know, I mean, it's great. Sentimental, uh, you know, patriotic pride in, in representing your country uh, and being there, you know. But it, it's a good choice. Uh, it, it, it's a good motion. So it stirs the emotion. So uh, the emotion cooperating with the act of the will uh, makes the action even better. Okay, so when I give my best performance, uh, when, when, I, when I do something really well, when I do something really intentionally, uh, uh, it's better if I do it with some emotion as well. Okay. That's what St. Thomas is, is, is saying. Here. Okay. And it's, it's consequent. Okay. I've I already made that decision, that judgment. Okay. So it's, it's consequent emotion, not, not antecedent emotion where can get love or hindered. Okay. Another one is, um, he says, in another way, this occurs by choice. Okay. I've made the choice, uh, uh, as when a man chooses, by the judgment of reason, to be affected by some passion, so that he may work more promptly uh, by means of the co-working of the sensitive appetite. Okay, I choose to be affected by some passion. Maybe if I'm preaching a sermon and uh, I, I feel my emotions coming up. This happens sometimes when when, when you're preaching, you, you feel an emotion coming up, and you once well, 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 I will will I. They accept the emotion or not, uh, and sometimes it's very helpful, you know, because your 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 preaching can be better uh, and uh, seem more passionate in, in in a sense. Sometimes you know you don't really want that, but uh, at, at times, or you know, uh, think of 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 married couples, you know, uh, when they choose to have children, when it's time for you know conjugal union, uh, they can cultivate the emotion. Um, they can cultivate, you know, a, a loving uh, in, embrace uh, in, in, within their marriage, marital intimacy. Okay, so they, they choose to be affected by some passion. Okay, which is better than a passionless act in, in, in that sense. Um, and also, Tem- Thomas puts in that a little bit that we, we we can work more promptly. Okay, we can we can act better. Uh, we can do things more quickly. Uh, and that's true, you know. That sometimes when the emotion is appropriately stirred, uh, we're more athletic. Sometimes, <laughs> you know, we're we're moving more quickly. Uh, we 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 can uh, we can press buttons or we can reach goals more quickly as well. You know. So um, so in a sense, we look at Thomas here. He's saying that you know there, there is a place for the emotion uh, that's morally good in our life. Uh, and it can actually improve our own performance our own action okay now just to say just to qualify all this uh, that can happen in reverse as well okay like if I if I'm assassinating someone and I do it with intense hatred okay so I do an act of the will and I do it with intense hatred I I make the the corresponding act worse okay so it's it's the opposite to the good act here you know the good performance here it's, it's, it's just to be aware that it can it can, it can operate in, in, in two ways. So just some, again, some of the, the morality or, or, or the psychology of in, in St. Thomas's understanding of the cooperation of will and emotion. Now, there's a few more slides and I'll just finish on those. Yeah, so this is Voitua from Person and Act. Um, and he, he just, he comes to some kind of conclusions about uh, emotions, how they, how they affect our acting, our self-determination, uh, as he calls it. Um, uh, he, he recognizes that the emotions have great energy. Okay, there's, you know, they're atomic, you know, at times they're, they're, they're explosive, you know, uh, and they're, they're spontaneous. There's this spontaneous flow of energy uh, with, with emotions we need to be aware of, okay? So, in a certain measure, therefore, the will restrains, Okay, something has to restrain, has to stop, it has to, you know, uh, uh, you know stop you acting irrationally or, or too emotionally or over-emotionally, the, the spontaneous explosion of such energy. And in a certain measure, assimilates it, okay? So that's using the emotion well, uh, using the uh, emotion at the appropriate time, uh, again, to act well, uh, to, to put out a good performance. Um, so he says, I mean, it's really a repetition of uh, St. Thomas in a sense, he says, the emotional energy opportunely, assimilate, opportunely assimilates, reinforces or strengthens uh, in a noteworthy way, uh, the energy of the will itself. And You can see that in sports all the time, you know, that, that the coach or the mentor, or you know, people with good psychology—they know how to motivate people. Or, or in business uh, as well, how, how do you how do you motivate uh, people in the in the corporate sector? You know, how, how do you how do you stir them up? How do you get more productivity out of them? You know, um, ways of you know, uh, getting them giving them incentives and uh, things, or you know, uh, giving good courses, whatever it is. You know, um, now for where there is you know there is that kind of dividing line you know sometimes we have to restrain them of course uh, this spontaneous you know volcano uh, and other times we have to assimilate it we have to integrate have to take it in okay and he says this is precisely the task and work of ability okay his way of talking about uh, what we would call a habit as I mentioned at the beginning or a virtue okay um, so uh, how do we distinguish? How do we discern or how do we become good at uh, really um, assimilating our emotions uh, for, for uh, the appropriate time and the appropriate of place with, with the appropriate person, for example? So that's the work of, of, of virtue. Uh, that's the work of, of ability. Uh, so it doesn't come naturally. Uh, it has to work in, into our habits of acting, our, our, our good habits of acting. I'll just say a little bit more. On that. okay what, what is a virtue okay a virtue is not free will itself it's not the emotion either okay it's 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 a it's a it's a disposition uh it's a habitual and firm disposition uh to do the good uh, and the virtues this is the catechism they make possible ease uh self-mastery uh, 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 and joy okay so i get good uh, strategies uh, uh, of how to act, uh, I, I, I become more I suppose, repetitive or accustomed to acting a certain way. And for St. Thomas, uh, uh, what virtue does for our, our passions is that it, it, it places a stamp on them. Uh, and that stamp is the stamp of reason. It calls an impressio. Okay? So our, 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 our emotions, our passions become more reasonable. Okay, they become more uh, adapted to 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 reasonable uh, behavior. Okay, uh, when we're not virtuous, when we're vicious, for example, when we have bad habits, uh, our emotions can be quite unruly, out of control. You know, through drunkenness or you know, through, through riotous living. Uh, so they 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 endanger our our, our livelihood and, and that of others as well. But that's not true virtue. That's true true vice. Okay. So um, okay. So for example, a temperate person. Um, directs the sensitive appetites towards what is good uh, and maintains a healthy discretion, say, in eating or or drinking or in sexual pleasure, you know, uh, for for, for married persons. Um, So um, that's what a temperate person does. Um, He's able, or he or she is able to, you know, negotiate again, um, have a certain mastery in the air of of the sensitive appetites, uh, and is able to, you know, be discreet uh, and, uh, and choose the healthy option, okay, the healthy lifestyle option in, in, in what is good, uh, in terms of food, in terms of drink, uh, in terms of, you know, different kinds of pleasures as well, you know, not just sexual uh, pleasures, okay, um, and we have this um, in, 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 in Sirach, okay, in, in the scriptures, do not follow your base desires, but restrain your appetites, yeah. So just to give you a little kind of uh, virtue in a nutshell, OK, it's, it's, it's the key in getting that kind of balance right between the action of the will and the movement of the passion. OK, how, how, how do we manipulate or uh, how, how, how do we best uh, employ uh, these movements, these instinctive kind of drives that we have that can be used for so much good and also can be dangerous and corrosive as well. Okay? So the key uh, to it is, is virtue and good habit. Uh, and when we develop bad habits or vices, uh, then uh, we tend to, um, you know, to be more ruled by emotions that are at the wrong time and in the wrong place in the wrong manner, uh, for example. And the opposite is in the right way, at the right time, in the right manner. Okay, uh, and the right intensity—that's uh, uh, well. great. That takes great skill. Okay, that's what you'd expect of a virtuous person. Uh, they're, they're skilled in different levels in their thought, uh, in their words, but also in in that in that oh, cooperation between the will, the reason, and 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 the emotions or, or, or the passions. And you know, I'm sure that can also move towards the, the bodily movement as well. Okay, so we're trying to be virtuous. Um, so one last slide, and I think it's actually what, yeah. Yeah, so this is what uh, Wojtyla actually uh, concludes as well. Um, he said that, um, he says, in this way, uh, gradually thanks to abilities, uh, his words are habits, of diverse fields. Uh, the will can without risk assume and make its own the spontaneity which is proper to emotions. Okay, so that's interesting that uh, the will, in some way, is raised up, or, or uh, the will itself, our or way of acting, uh, begins to share something of the of the spontaneity of the uh, uh, of the beauty of the emotions. Okay, when when they're, when they're properly. Uh, coordinated. Um, and you know, it's like I suppose looking at a, a, a very famous ballerina or a very famous gymnast, you know, the, the discipline, the training, the years of hard work, uh, now it comes out with such great elegance, you know, when they're in the Olympic uh, games and we see that you know the, the brilliance. Uh, but behind all that there's great training, there's there's great work, there's a background. Uh, and it's like that in the moral life as well. Okay. If we're going to be uh, spontaneous, uh, it would be beautiful in, in some sense if there's that proper coordination between uh, our, our voluntary acts and our, our passionate drives. Uh, it takes work, okay? It takes time, okay, for, for the will itself to become more mature, uh, for our chosen acts to become uh, more disciplined. That looks, you know, looks that really has greater freedom uh, and, and can be spontaneous, and you know. Um, nonchalant in, in, in some ways in how we act okay. it looks more natural that's what I'm trying to say okay that's, that's that that's the life of grace you know really flowering in, in our life that's the you know that whole uh, you know um not mixing but um um harmonization of, of the will the sensitive appetite and uh, the human body as well